local government. Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union labels. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm Eddie Yers, Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And, of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right, the Alan Nathan Show is entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you, reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week again, all thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right, please get out of the thought control business. Our topics du jour, as you may have heard, well... The Department of Edu- Department of Energy, not the Department of Education, although they're off the beaten path many times as well. But anyway, the Department of Energy and the FBI admit that COVID came from China's Wuhan lab, thus swelling the list of facts censored by government partisans via media. You know, underselling natural immunity, overselling masks, and wrongly citing Hunter Biden's laptop as "quote unquote" Russian spycraft. So I got to ask you. Is it pitchfork time or what? Anywho, assisting in the opining and analyzing, we have old friend of the show, Justin Goodman, uh, who's, by the way, vice president of public policy at the White Coat Waste Project. It was his company that was first to expose taxpayer funding to the Wuhan lab, something that uh, Dr. Fauci, originally head of the NIAID, uh, refused to acknowledge. Justin, good to have you back. How are you today? It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure, our pleasure. Well, looking at the latest revelation coming from the Department of uh, Energy, admitting that COVID was most likely uh, from uh, China's Wuhan lab, is it possible, just possible, that woke left government bureaucrats and officials are finally suffering some breaches in their censorial wall of propaganda? Because anybody saying this even a few months ago uh, was referred to as just off the wall. Your take on it. Well, unless the uh, Biden administration has been hiring far-right conspiracy theorists to run the Department of Energy, it seems like the government has finally come around to following the science and the money to the Wuhan laboratory, which has always been ground zero uh, for this pandemic. And because of the government, you know, Dr. Fauci's specifically support with taxpayer dollars for the Wuhan lab, uh, people like him, the National Institutes of Health, and others in the federal government are culpable for what, you know, for what transpired in Wuhan that's killed millions of people and crippled the global economy. Uh, and they've spent three years trying to debunk the lab leak theory to clear their names, uh, and unfortunately, have given the Chinese Communist Party a three-year head start to ensure that we potentially never find out exactly how the pandemic started. And now we have a Chinese virologist saying, hey, this wasn't accidental either. She, she's happy that we're finally getting out the fact that it was out of the lab, but she wants us to know that uh, it was actually done purposely, and we'll get to that a little later on. But as far as uh, the left always referring to these uh, references as conspiracy theories, I mean, there's nothing inaccurate about that label when you think about it. I mean, look, look at what constitutes a conspiracy. The only thing required to prove a conspiracy 
is really to demonstrate that two or more people committed wrongdoing together. Isn't that correct? I mean, I mean, so, so woke lefties, they really don't pack much of a punch when, when trying to shame folks as conspiracy theorists. If all these folks have done is to successfully show that wrongdoing was committed by two or more people. Hell, most bank robberies are conspiracies, are they not? Absolutely. And listen, there we have the receipts for this over the last three years. I mean, we I first met with the White House in January 2020 to discuss our concerns about the NIH funding the Wuhan lab. That's before the pandemic was even declared a pandemic. Uh, you know, we were concerned about what was going on there. And now we know through the Freedom Information Act, through documents obtained through our organization, White Coat Waste Project, and by others like U.S. Right to Know, that as early as January 2020, so again, when we were just first learning about the virus, Fauci and his colleagues were talking extensively by phone and email about the fact that they funded this laboratory in Wuhan and were concerned that the virus that appeared in that city looked engineered and it might have come out of the lab. And then they spent the subsequent three years coordinating efforts with media outlets and scientific journals and other federal agencies to downplay and dismiss the lab leak as a conspiracy theory. Now, there was you know a conspiracy, what? Even though it, but there was no it, theory. Nothing wrong. Was, the that, conspiracy that's... was happening inside the NIH. Right. It was a theory about something that actually was true, is my point. It, it was a proven conspiracy. I mean, woke yeah. lefties don't pack much of a punch when trying to shame folks as conspiracy theorists. Again, if all they've done is to successfully show that wrongdoing was committed by two or more people. Again, and when government tag team with their media proxies to censor COVID debate to suppress facts, these were conspiratorial acts by definition, were they not? I mean, for example, last June, right? NBC had the headline, Natural Immunity Offers Greater COVID Protection Than Vaccine Study Finds. They were citing the New England Journal of Medicine. But guess what? Scientists who were saying such things six months prior to that date were muzzled by lefties in government via big tech and were said to be conspiracy theorists. Well, that censorship has proven to be a conspiracy, has it not? Since more than two committed wrongdoing in bringing about that censorship. Where am I mistaken? You're not at all. I mean, in terms of covering up the origins of COVID, there has been a massive global conspiracy involving, you know, uh, governments, uh, United States government, the Chinese government, other foreign governments, the WHO, um, media outlets, federal agencies across the U.S. government, all conspiring in writing and publicly in many cases uh, to downplay the lab leak and convinced to gaslight the public into thinking that they were crazy for thinking a lab leak caused the pandemic rather than the outrageous, you know, frozen fish stick theory and pangolin theory that, you know, that virologists in China were pushing at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, which there's actually no evidence for. But if you look at the actual evidence, we have this laboratory in Wuhan that was using taxpayer dollars to soup up coronaviruses that they were collecting from the wild, making them more dangerous to humans. And then at the doorstep of the Wuhan lab, pandemic breaks out. Uh, we also know that the U.S. government worked hand in hand with the Wuhan lab to bypass a federal ban on dangerous data function research. And that was happening back in 2016. So we can go back seven years, even longer than that, and find the U.S. government conspiring with a Chinese lab to bypass federal rules to do this dangerous experimentation. And that predates the, you know, the pandemic itself. So we've been, you know, we've been playing with fire in China for a long time. Well, also, you may have heard that they plan on continuing gain of function. They're defending it. Department of Health, I mean, the NIH is, they're going to continue it anyway. I mean, that, that, yeah, that's, absolutely. that's so can, strange. Yeah, we, it, yeah, I agree 100 percent. You know, one of the you know, since the pandemic broke out in April 2020, we've been working on a few key initiatives. One is to defund the Wuhan laboratory. It will shock people to learn that three years after the pandemic, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which the federal government and many others believe caused the pandemic with these dangerous animal experiments and have refused to cooperate with investigations. They are listed right now. You can go on the NIH's website. They are still listed as being eligible to receive more taxpayer money from the NIH for animal experiments, including for gain of function. 
And this Anthony is so Fauci crazy because I'm I'm looking at headlines right now. That's just not, I'm not wishing to step on you, but we're coming running out of time here. Uh, here's the headline from Fox News: White House still backs gain-of-function research to prevent future pandemics. This is from. Uh, the uh, head of it, uh, Mr. Kirby, the National Institutes of Health, has admitted to funding gain-of-function research on bats infected with coronaviruses at lab in Wuhan. Uh, And John Kirby on Monday affirmed Biden's support for gain-of-function research, saying it was necessary to prevent future pandemics, even though they characterize such an accusation of what now has been proven to be the truth as far-fetched. So they're now saying that as a matter of principle, they must continue that which they once referred to as far-fetched when accused of doing so. Anyway, I tell you what, but if you can, hang on the line for a moment, folks. We're going to be on this uh, upon a return. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stick with us. You may have never heard of it, but C. difficile or C. diff infection is a highly contagious bacterial infection that the U.S. CDC declared a major public health threat, which results in an estimated half a million infections each year. C. diff infection takes hold in the gut microbiome, and debilitating symptoms may include stomach pain, nausea, fever, and severe diarrhea. If you get C. diff infection once, Dr. Dennis Durrell, Executive Director of Hospital Medicine, American Physician Partners, LLC, says there's a good chance it will come back. Up to 35% of people who get a C. diff infection may get it again. This is called a recurrence. After that first recurrence, up to 65% may get C. diff again. Rebiota is the first and only FDA-approved microbiome-based treatment to prevent recurrent C. diff infection after you've taken antibiotics for recurrent C. diff infection. It's a single-dose treatment administered in minutes during one visit to your doctor's office. Talk to your doctor to find out if Rebiota is right for you. To learn more, visit rebyota.com. Rebiota Fecal Microbiota Live JSLM is indicated for the prevention of recurrence of Clostridioides difficile C. diff infection in individuals 18 years of age and older following antibiotic treatment for recurrent C. diff infection. Limitation of use. Rebiota is not indicated for the treatment of C. diff infection. Important safety information. You should not receive Rebiota if you have a history of a severe allergic reaction, e.g. anaphylaxis, to Rebiota or any of its components. You should report to your doctor any infection you think you may have acquired after administration. Rebiota may contain food allergens. Most common side effects may include stomach pain, 8.9%, diarrhea, 7.2%, bloating, 3.9%, gas, 3.3%, and nausea, 3.3%. Rebiota has not been studied in patients below 18 years of age. Clinical studies did not determine if adults 65 years of age and older responded differently than younger adults. You are encouraged to report negative side effects of prescription drugs to FDA. Visit fda.gov forward slash medwatch or call 1-800-332-1088. Please visit rebiota.com for full prescribing information. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. 
Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the Militant Moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Well, the Department of Energy now joins the FBI in admitting that COVID did indeed come from China's Wuhan lab. This, of course, is swelling the list of facts that have been censored by government partisans via their media proxies. We're talking about the underselling of natural immunity and the overselling of masks and, of course, wrongly citing Hunter Biden's laptop as, quote-unquote, Russian spycraft. So my question is, is it pitchfork time or what with these guys? Uh, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing old friend of the show, Justin Goodman. His company was the first to expose taxpayer funding uh, to the Wuhan lab. He is vice president of public policy at the White Coat Waste Project. Justin, appreciate you sticking around. Thanks so much. Oh, thrilled to be here. Love the conversation. Oh, you, uh, same as, uh, as do I. Um, I want to go ahead and pause right now. <clears throat> Pardon me, James. Bring up clip 15. Folks, this is going to be an exchange uh, that you'll be hearing through a series of clips playing, uh, played on Fox News' Hannity with Sean Hannity. Uh, you're going to hear him referencing the Washington Post, the New York Times quotations as we have in the past uh, from February 2020, where they were saying the idea of COVID coming from the Wuhan lab was, quote-unquote, debunked conspiracy theories and fringe stuff. Uh, and then you're going to hear a montage of clips essentially dismissing the lab leak uh, theory, exposing them in real time as the schmucks they are. You're going to hear from MSNBC's uh, Joe Scarborough, MSNBC's Katie Turr, MSNBC's Brian Williams. Um, have a listen. Clip 15, James, if you please. The Washington Post called his lab leak theory a, quote, debunked conspiracy. The New York Times said it was a it was fringe. But they weren't the only ones. Take a look. Tom Cotton a couple of days ago uh, spouting a conspiracy theory that the Chinese made yeah. this virus up. Yeah, oh, the lab and there you go. Senator uh, Tom Cotton actually closed uh, his office this morning, uh, calling uh, calling it the Wuhan uh, virus as as he did so. Um, and he has, of course, been out uh, in public talking about uh, conspiracy theories, frankly, as to where the virus came from. Giving just the whiff of credibility there on television and on social media to a conspiracy theory going around that the coronavirus originated and was perhaps man made inside a lab in china oh my god and they're so smug and they're disparaging and now they look to be so saliently self-invalidating isn't that fair to say sir absolutely and i've tried to hold some of these reporters accountable uh, and gone back to them with the doe and you know the new report from the doe saying that the lab likely caused the pandemic or the fbi report or the various congressional reports that have come out um and these people are shameless you know they don't correct the record they keep these pieces posted they don't add any context to them um and they just act they're acting as if they never said anything like that they never tried to debunk the lab leak theory and now that the biden administration is saying it's possible it's okay to report on it uh, but but, they, but that's self-invalidating. Really that's so self-invalidating. People can see it. I mean, they're actually doing the job of their political opponents by providing that much more proof of their own invalidation. I mean, they're going out of their way. I mean, the, the Republicans should love this because the left are so cartoonishly comporting themselves in the exact fashion as described by their conservative critics, isn't that fair to say? It is, and it's been self-inflicted wound because had they just actually followed the money and actually followed the science instead of following the propaganda that the government was feeding them, we three years ago you would have had the New York Times and the Washington Post and MSNBC saying we need to take a look at what happened in this lab in China. I mean, again, let's look back. We don't have to go back that long. Go back 10 years ago. 2013, 2014 to the Obama administration, Joe Biden and Barack Obama banned gain of function experiments because they and funding for them because they thought it was too dangerous and might cause a pandemic following lab leaks in China and the United States that happened in the early 2000s. And they were praised for that by mainstream establishment left wing media. Now we're having canceled gain-of-function exercises and, and donations, but now, but now I'm reading National Security Spokesperson 
John Kirby on Monday affirmed President Biden's support of gain-of-function research, saying it was necessary to prevent future pandemics. Real Clear, Real Clear Politics reporter Philip Wegman, we've had him on, asked Kirby whether the president believed the uh, reward outweighs the risk when it comes to gain-of-function research, which involves extracting viruses from animals to artificially engineer in a laboratory to make them more transmissible, transmissible uh, and deadly to humans. Quote, does the president believe that this type of gain-of-function research is prudent, Wegman asked. Kirby said the president believed the research was important to help prevent future pandemics. Quote, there has to be legitimate scientific research into the sources or the potential sources of pandemics so that we understand it, so that we can prevent, prevent them from happening. But he also believes that the research has to be done in a safe and secure manner and as transparently as possible to the rest of the world so the people know what's going on. But... Paradoxically, this is completely antithetical to what their posture was when you had people like Senator Cotton uh, originally accusing them of gain of function. When you had people like Senator Rand Paul accusing them of supporting gain of function, they said at the time, oh, this is a ridiculous accusation. Oh, you mean the very thing you're now defending is a prudent practice? This is bizarre. I mean, this is so bizarre. This stretches credulity to every snapping point imaginable. I'm surprised they're not taking out their own eyes with this stupidity. Your take. Yeah, I mean, listen, in 2020 uh, and 2021, we had Fauci under oath being asked by Congress about his funding of gain-of-function experimentation in China at the Wuhan Institute, uh, these dangerous animal experiments. And both times he said, I have no idea what you're talking about, nothing to see here. And then, of course, the NIH subsequently admits in writing in a letter to Congress, you know what, actually, we did fund uh, gain-of-function experiments in China. Uh, but the, pe- the Chinese lab didn't t- wasn't really keeping us abreast of what they were doing. We have no idea specifically what was happening there, but we did fund gain of function there. Um, so they they it's been this you know they they wish everyone had amnesia and that they could just move on and say whatever's popular and prudent today. But like you said, what they're saying now is completely at odds with what they were saying three years ago, and it's because the science has led us, the money has led us down to the path to the conclusion that this lab looks like it was the reason for the pandemic. Uh, it's been very frustrating because on one hand, you have these federal agencies saying we need to crack down on this dangerous research that might have caused the pandemic. And on the other hand, you have uh, the lobbyists inside the NIH going around to Congress and calling Republicans conspiracy theorists for trying to ban gain of function and crack down on the research. They want to have it both ways. Uh, and they frankly don't want to lose face after this is a horrible embarrassment. But but that's just it. Won't they lose less face by acknowledging that they screwed up so that if they then subsequently say we'll do better, we would then find that promise more credible than if they go ahead and continue pointing to a tree and calling it a bicycle and expect to be taken (laughs) seriously? I mean, everybody sees what they're looking at. This is like the this isn't just the emperors who, uh, you know, wore no clothes. This is the emperors who wore no clothes with with, you know, uh, I, I guess doing a pole dance. I mean, this is great. I mean, is it is it fair to say that from now on, any time the government and Fourth Estate tag team to demonize and censor those who dare to question their supremacy in public discourse, that the American people can credibly tell them all to get stuffed and can do so merely by pointing to their own self-invalidating history? Isn't that fair to point out? It is. Question everything and listen to Alan Nathan. That's my advice. <laughs> Question everything and listen to Alan Ethan. I like this guy. Joseph, we've got to have this guest on again real soon. <laughs> Justin Goodman, always a pleasure. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. 
I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. The new Mayo Clinic diet has been named among the top diets by U.S. News and World Report. Dr. Donald Hensrud, medical director of the Mayo Clinic Healthy Living Program, explains what makes their program so effective. Our new Mayo Clinic diet, built by a team of doctors and medical experts, focuses less on counting calories and more on empowering users with the knowledge and ability to maintain a healthy weight. Members get access to exclusive content and videos from real Mayo Clinic doctors, healthy recipes, tracking tools, and the popular Habit Optimizer that helps users substitute old unhealthy habits with healthier ones, all through a mobile app. Instead of fad diets or crash diets that rarely work for very long, our book and online program and app helps you adopt principles for a healthier way of life, which is really the secret to long-term success. Curious to know how healthy your diet is? The Mayo Clinic has an easy three-minute quiz. Go to mayoclinicdiet.com to find out. Who said that? Me, down here. <gasps> what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. The forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Plant puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Glowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. The only conspiracy here was a conspiracy of silence among the left in America, whether it's the liberal media that was trying to silence me and others making these basic points or Democratic politicians like Joe Biden, and Nancy Pelosi saying we're racist or nativist or xenophobic. Um, and then you had MSNBC and CNN and, and all the rest piling on. And then you have people you know, in the government like Tony Fauci, as you were pointing out earlier, adding more fuel to this conspiracy of silence, trying to squelch all dissent about the party line. And I want to remind everyone that both of these points were just basic common sense. Anyone could look at the facts on the ground in Wuhan and say, this virus most likely came from that lab. 
What I said about deploying the National Guard or active troops if necessary when local law enforcement was overwhelmed or not allowed to do its job, again, was supported by a majority of Americans. Yet, when it doesn't play into their ideological preconceptions, the left simply wants to silence all dissent. And that they do. That they do. And uh, how tolerable is that? I'll give you a hint. It's not tolerable at all, not in the least. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Uh, you were listening to um, uh, Senator Tom Cotton saying that uh, the left being in an uproar over his claims about the lab leak theory and his op-ed that the National Guard would have been helpful in containing riot shows that they just want to censor anyone who doesn't speak the party line, no matter how common sense the opposition is or how many Americans agree with it. They just want to silence all dissent. And they do so because they want to fight, you know, quote-unquote misinformation or disinformation, which is obscenely nonsensical. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Uh, we're covering a number of things here today. Uh, more specifically, uh, the Department of Energy now joins the FBI in admitting that COVID did indeed come from China's Wuhan lab, uh, thus swelling the list of facts censored by government partisans via their media proxies. We're talking about stories like underselling natural immunity as well as overselling masks. Uh, they've been confirmed as wrong, wrong, wrong. They also wrongly cited Hunter Biden's laptop uh, story as a, you know, quote-unquote Russian spycraft. My question is, is it pitchfork time yet? Anyway, we have, uh, without uh, delay, uh, old friend of the show, uh, joining us, Curtis Hauk, managing editor of Newsbusters. He previously served at the Media Research Center's News Analysis Division. At the time, he was the sole evening news analyst. Curtis, good to have you back, buddy. How are you today? Hey, Alan. What's going on? Well, apparently quite a bit, quite a bit. I mean, uh, looking <laughs> at the latest revelation from the Department of Energy, you joining the FBI, admitting that COVID did most likely come from China's Wuhan lab. i got to ask you, is it possible that uh, woke left government bureaucrats and officials are finally suffering some breaches in their censorial wall of propaganda. Your take? Um, I, I think part of it that it's been uh, it's been a few years. I think that definitely helps. Uh, you know, uh, there's there's a number of factors here. You know, one they can now claim they can claim. Well, the FBI still thinks this. Or the the you know all these different intelligence agencies think something else. So the Department of Energy come out and saying it. They think they can just bury it. I guess uh, wrong. That didn't happen. Came out to the Wall Street Journal. I also think whoever leaked this did a really good job of leaking it over the weekend. Normally you say that's a bad thing, but the pro the way they leaked it, it came out Sunday night. So then by Monday morning, the networks felt like they had to cover it and they didn't really have an established narrative yet. Good point. So, so they were forced to cover it, but they didn't really have, nobody had their talking points. Nobody had their ducks in a row really yet. Uh, so it's kind and of you like can, you can tell you are so sharp on that. You absolutely are correct. As a matter of fact, um, you, that's a nice segue into this uh, next clip I want to share with everybody, including your good self. Uh, this is CNN Newsroom with Jim Acosta, the man who perhaps is the archetypal representation of all sophistry. Um, he introduces the fact that the Department of Energy issued the report uh, suggesting COVID came from the Wuhan lab, but he wants to emphasize how they did so uh, with low confidence. What he doesn't realize is that when any agency uh, believes in something with low confidence, they're still saying that they believe there's a greater likelihood of its truth than not being so. They still believe that it's more likely that it happened than it did not. So even if it's low confidence, again, the DOE is still saying it believed that it's more likely than it did not. No, by the way, the FBI has a higher level of confidence. They actually believe it. So, you know, the DOE is, is not alone at all. Uh, clip 17, James, if you please. Um, there's this updated classified intelligence report that says the U.S. Department of Energy has assessed that the source of the COVID-19 pandemic likely came from a lab leak in China. A very notable here, sources at the Department of Energy tell CNN that the report has, quote, low confidence. Uh, what's your reaction to that? Uh, it, it's in the news today. Wanted to ask you about it. I mean, look, I'm not entirely surprised. Uh, the Chinese have mishandled COVID at every step of the way, uh, trying to sweep it under the rug, uh, trying to try a strategy of zero COVID that utterly failed. And tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Chinese are dead as a result of the mismanagement of this uh, the pandemic 
by the Chinese Communist Party. So for it to come out uh, that the whole thing started because of mismanagement, I mean, look, we need to see whether this is true. But if it is, I don't find it surprising at all. Now, again, that was uh, Congressman Seth Moulton responding to Jim Acosta. He's a Republican out of Massachusetts, uh, the great state of Massachusetts, saying that if it's true, he would not be surprised since China has been incompetently handling COVID while trying to bury concerns about it. But it seems, sir, that it actually is perhaps uh, far more nefarious. We understand that Dr. Li Mengxian uh, says that uh, the Chinese government uh, may have underestimated the virus's transmi- transmit- uh, transmittability, but at the same time, this was no accident. It was very deliberate. Your take, sir. Well, and the other thing I should add is when it comes to the death toll, they only have, you know, like five people, you know, in comparison, like barely anyone has died, only a couple thousand deaths. You know, yeah. in China, where like there's mass, there's literally mass graves in China. Like we have it from our satellites, uh, you know, uh, surveillance that there's mass graves everywhere in certain parts of China that just so happen to come at the same time. And China's saying that, oh no, oh no, no, nothing to see here. You know, like five people died in a Wuhan uh, lockdown. Uh, city in early 2020, you know, like five people died today or 10 people died today. Uh, like, oh, please. No. Yeah, no. So, so, they're, so if they're lying about their death, well, of course they're going to lie about the origins. And, and, and as I was saying earlier, you know, the, the thing about this media narrative is this is what we saw in East Palestine. Before they got their ducks in a row and started blaming Donald Trump, they were just covering the facts about what was going on in East Palestine. And when it came to COVID, the early days of COVID, nobody knew anything. There was really a sense of togetherness. Uh, the media weren't really trying to blame Donald Trump yet, other than maybe like Jim Acosta with his uh, dumb, dumb brain saying that, it, you know, what Donald Trump was saying was xenophobic. Um, but it took some time for the narrative to develop that this was all Donald Trump's fault, Donald Trump caused this, uh, so on and so forth. So this was yet another story where it kind of broke the at the right time where unless you're an uber partisan like Jim Acosta uh, you're going to be caught kind of flat-footed, and you have to cover it. But sure enough, I can say that, you know, the story has been go- was gone by Tuesday morning on the broadcast networks. ABC, CBS, NBC. CBS had it at the very beginning of the show where they uh, play a series of, like, news clips from different things, things they might cover, things they might not cover, and they played a couple jokes from the late-night comedy shows yeah. about it. But other than that, formally, there was no news report. So... It's a story that was very quickly disappeared, uh, just like dissidents in China from uh, the airways. Yeah, but the thing is, is this one's breaking through the walls. They can't. I mean, sometimes crashing waves are so huge, they're so high, they're so wide, that no matter how high the dike of denial might be structured, it cannot withstand the 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 battling winds and 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 stormy uh, waves. Uh, that are crashing over it. In this case, the waves would be waves of accuracy and truth. So is it fair to say that, you know, from now on, for quite a while anyway, any time government and the the fourth estate tag team to demonize and censor anybody who would dare to question their supremacy in public discourse, that the American people can now credibly tell them all to get stuffed because all they got to do is just point to their own self-invalidating history. This is a very big deal because they were so salient in their condemnation of the lab leak theory as being just a conspiracy conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theory, they were so overt and salient in, in their description of it that it's become it becomes that much more difficult to dial back after the disclosure. Isn't that fair to point out? Yeah, and there's no current, in, you know, financial or personal or career in, uh, incentive or st- structure incentives. Incentive structure in the press to want to correct major stories like this. There's no sort of introspection. It's kind of they will report A, but B turns out to be true. Then they will just report B instead of pointing out that point A was wrong. Yeah, but don't um, they don't they lose that much more credibility when they use that tactic? Oh, and I say that I say this is a former national. I say this is a former national television correspondent. I have a passing familiarity with this. Like you, I got a big, I got quite a history in journalism, and it's only when you acknowledge where you screwed up that your promises to do better can carry any credibility, or your pitch to people that you have retained credibility can be taken more seriously. 
that's something that is not attainable unless you execute openly some capacity for self-appraisal. Otherwise, you become the boy who cried wolf over and over again. Isn't that fair to point out? That's how it goes in life. Precisely. Anyway, always great having you on board. Thanks so much. Curtis Halk, everybody, managing editor of Newsbusters. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. Going to be right back. In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager, JumpCloud's Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices. And cloud-based options aren't ideal either. JumpCloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end-to-end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud-based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me, would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. 
I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all gotta help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're gonna be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A dot org. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis. For those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach, covering a number of things here today. Of course, the Department of uh, Energy uh, is now joining the FBI in admitting that COVID came from China's Wuhan lab. And this, of course, adds to the growing list of facts that have been censored by government partisans via their media proxies, whether it's underselling natural immunity or overselling masks and wrongly citing Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian spycraft. The question is, is it perhaps pitchfork time? These people need a little comeuppance here. Vigorously so, do they not? Now, to their credit, I want to point out that while the left, for the most part, jumped on board the stupid train years, uh, a couple of years ago, and right up to quite recently, all saying that the lab leak theory was, was to be dismissed, it's all about uh, conspiracy theories, just as they were stupid in dismissing the fact that natural immunity would be stronger than uh, vaccine immunity, as it's been proven, because, oh my God, we learned that from uh, our friends over at the... Uh, uh, New England Journal of Medicine, thank you very much for pointing that out. And we also learned from the Cochrane study that, in fact, masks have not had much impact uh, to the good whatsoever. Thank you very much. And it goes on and on. But I want to give credit to some, um, some humorists from the left who were willing to uh, be a little skeptical of their fellow lefties jumping on this imbecilic, brain-dead bandwagon. Um, James, if you could, buddy, let's bring up clip 12. You're going to hear from CBS's uh, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He tries to be uh, smarmy in his questioning of John Stewart, formerly of The Daily Show, um, if he thought there was a chance that COVID was indeed created in the lab. Clip, tw uh, clip 12, James, if you please. What, what, what do you mean by that? Do you mean like well, so this perhaps there's, there's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab, there's an investigation? A chance? Well, but I, so, I, 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 oh my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they ask those scientists, they're like, how did this, so wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, Mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no. <laughs> That's great. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. Not to be outdone, Bill Maher was also ahead of the curve. Now, mind you, that exchange was June of 2021. So good on Jon Stewart for willing to, to be willing to step out of the fray and um, show some bravery there. And now he can you know reap the rewards because we now all see through empirically verifiable evidence that he was right, and Stephen Goldberg was so wrong, it's, it's not even funny. Or it is actually quite funny. Anyway, next I want to hear from Bill Maher. He was also uh, similarly skeptical of the left jumping on this imbecilic inbred bandwagon. Uh, he was on his own show, HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher. And uh, he was expressing uh, how upset he was over the censorship of people wanting to bring forward the Wuhan lab theory. Just as he was over the censorship surrounding the option to have ivermectin as a possible use um, for treating COVID. Clip 14, James, if you please. I find this outrageous. Facebook banned any post for four months about COVID coming from a lab. Of course, now even the Biden administration is looking into this. A Wall Street Journal reporter asked the head of Google's health division, noticed that they don't do autofill searches for coronavirus lab leak the way they do it for any other question. And the guy said, well, we want to make sure the, the search isn't leading people down pathways that we would find to be not authoritative information. Well, you were wrong, Google and Facebook. Right. We don't know. The reason why we want you is because we're checking on this shit. He said, we want to ensure the first thing users see is information from the CDC, the WHO. That's who I'm checking on. The WHO has been very corrupt about a lot of shit, and the CDC has been wrong about a lot of shit. 
This is outrageous that I can't look this information up. And now they're doing it with this drug, ivermectin. YouTube should not be telling me what I can see about ivermectin. Ivermectin isn't a registered Republican. It's a drug. I don't know if it works or not. And a lot of other doctors don't either. See, this is um, this this is head spinning. It really is. And, and, and now, of course, you've got the Department of Energy acknowledging the likelihood that COVID originally uh, did indeed originate from a, from a Chinese government virology lab in Wuhan. And, of course, recently the gold standard Cochrane study showed that masks had little to no efficacy in stopping the transmission of COVID. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, last June, NBC had the headline, Natural Immunity Offers Greater COVID Protection Than Vaccines, Study Finds. They cited the New England Journal of Medicine. But scientists who were saying these things were muzzled by lefties in government via big tech. And they were doing so in the name of stopping conspiracy theorists. Well, conspiracies are not that crazy of a thing if they can be shown. If they can be shown. And they have been shown. Again, the only thing required to prove a conspiracy is to demonstrate that two or more people committed wrongdoing together. So woke lefties, I'm sorry, they're just not packing much of a punch when trying to shame folks as conspiracy theorists. If all they've done, if all these people have done, is successfully show that wrongdoing was committed by two or more people. Again, robberies are conspiracies, right? And when government tag-team with their media proxies to censor COVID debate to suppress facts... These were conspiratorial acts by definition. Were they not, people? Seriously, unless language is no longer tethered to the meanings of the words that comprise it, how am I not a thousand percent correct? And, of course, this is all part of the the left's rapacious power, hungry, dry for control, just so they can impose their deceptively labeled racial justice or social justice uh, terms, despite... The first having nothing to do with equality, while the second has sought all to do with societal justice. Or am I being too strident with my observations? I mean, aren't these tactics all just components of socialism, relabeled as social justice via identity politics, so you can shame people with control? I mean, here's the formula, everybody. Relabel socialism as social justice, and then attach it to a racial identity group thus ensuring that any criticism leveled against socialism can now be characterized as an attack against the racial identity group behind which that socialism has been both positioned and relabeled. Isn't that a neat trick? Please tell me where I'm off the mark in any way possible. Remember, their wokeism is simply enslavement camouflaged as a fight for alleged fairness that's truly nothing more than forced parody which should never be confused with equality. There's always a difference between state-imposed parity versus freedom-based equality. Is there not? In other words, your right to equal opportunity is not an entitlement to equal success. But that reality is the woke's Achilles heel, is it not? You bet you sweet the Batucci. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.